0: today on the scott radley show on 900 chml well if you are a fan of the world of politics uh today was probably a pretty exciting day for you it's like the opening of a movie or a premiere of a tv show or something because the uh, after christmas break the mps the government the opposition were back in the house of commons it begins again and a man who knows His way around the House of Commons, as well as anyone covered it, as well as Queen's Park for years and years and years. His name is Richard Brennan, former journalist joins us now. Richard, how are you?
1: Fine, Scott, yourself?
0: Could not be better, Richard. Is this a day when you were still covering the House of Commons? Was this like the day that you look forward to, you cracked open a special bottle of champagne and it was like the greatest (laughs) day ever?
1: You might have a beer afterwards, but that's about (laughs) it.
0: (laughs) This one, I'm not sure. uh, I don't know what you think about this one. I'm not sure that, in particular, considering what's been going on and where the polls are, I'm not sure the liberals right now were as excited to get back into the house as maybe the conservatives were this time.
1: Oh, for sure, the polls are showing uh, the conservatives. You know, quite a bit ahead. But, you know, uh, uh, you know, polls change and I've seen them change dramatically. So I, you know, I don't get too worked up about them, quite frankly. You said it was like a movie. Well, if it's a movie starting today, we've seen the trailers already. And they have very, very many things that we all know that are going to dominate. And and, and certainly that's, you know, that's, uh, you know, uh, one thing is they're having a commission looking into uh, foreign influence on elections. Yes, that's going to be very interesting. I think that's going to probably be the most interesting thing of the of the whole next session to re- nail it down and find out who exactly. Well, we have pretty good idea who they are, but why are they doing it? How how you know how far afield have they gone to to meddle in uh, elections? And you know, and what they're going to do about it? I guess that's that bottom line. There is what are they going to do about
0: it? Is it though, Richard? Is is that going to be as interesting as it should be? And I agree with you. The topic, the issue, is enormous and should be. But with the justice that's overseeing this, essentially not allowing opposition to ask questions, has that not kind of pulled the pin on a little bit of what we might have found out about this and how interesting this might have been?
1: Well. I, he doesn't want it to become a circus, and and that that's where I agree with him. If they all got their hand into this, nothing would be resolved. I mean, it would just be you know uh, you know the Tories are bad, the government's bad, everybody's bad, and and we've got the answers for everything. And why, why don't we why don't we do something about these countries that are meddling with our politics? He's got to have the the presence. To look at the whole situation, dissect it, and come up with some you know valid ideas about h- how severe it is. And if you if you let the politics get involved in this, then believe me, it it will anyway. Uh, Scott, it'll be there. There'll be the the, uh, the sideshow, if you will, about how the how the commission is going, whether they like it or not. But all the all the parties have agreed to this, as you know.
0: Yeah, I just, when you say that we got to keep the politics out, it just seems that it's become horribly politicized by only letting really one party dictate how this is going to go. I can't imagine, Richard, at the end of this, whenever the end is, and whatever the report is, I can't imagine that anyone who's not a liberal supporter is not going to say, I don't believe any of it because it was a whitewash. I mean, it seems like the report has been politicized before the first witness has even well, been called.
1: Yeah, but you—I yeah, you, mean—you th- got to remember the environment right now, at Ottawa, and and everything that the government touches, uh, you know, is, is being looked at with a, a jaundiced eye. So that's already happening. I mean, that's that would happen before this commission was even called for. Yeah. I really believe that there's, you know, it has to be an effort made uh, to. To actually get at this, you know, we have three three countries now that they've identified: Russia, China, and India. The one that surprises me is India. I I don't know why, but uh, it does. I I I thought we had a lot more friendly relations, you know, prior to the uh, alleged uh, uh, murder uh, plot out in BC. But I thought that we had a pretty good relationship with them. And then, it, you know, and now it doesn't seem that it is quite that rosy. And we've been playing footsies with uh, uh, China for a very, uh, very long time. And I don't think there's anybody that believes, particularly Russia and, and China, when they when they disavow any any involvement in, in any kind of uh, involvement in meddling with our politicians, they say, well, we'd never do that well. Yeah.
0: Let, you know, yeah. Black. Yeah. Let's leave the politics out of this for one second. We just saw an unusual situation in Ottawa where there was a, an inquiry about the Emergencies Act, and the person who heard it said, yeah, it was okay. You were fine. And then a court said, no, you weren't. In this particular case, with what you just said, if the judge who's hearing this foreign interference inquiry were to come back and say, yeah, not really anything to see here nobody's going to buy that right we almost kind of know what the result is going to be don't we
1: well yeah but you know i think i don't think we can anticipate what they're going to find i don't believe that uh that they will find that there, you know that there's nothing wrong here i mean that's that's just ludicrous we've you know so many so many fingers are pointing at russia and china saying yes we have been influenced And people you know uh, uh, expats will tell you that they've been influenced directly by by uh, chinese authorities so it yeah to suggest that 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 the uh, this inquiry will come to the conclusion that there's nothing to see here that would just be absurd one of the um Other issues, one of the
0: big issues that we know is going to start right off the bat in this session of the House of Commons, we're going to be getting into uh, what the conservatives will call the cost of living. I don't know what the liberals would call, they would call it, you know, helping the environment or greening, whatever, but the carbon tax being a big issue that's going to be on the table. How, who, who wins this argument? And the reason I say that is because I think a lot of people do very strongly believe in the environment and want to clean up the environment, but people also believe very strongly in being able to put food on their table and have a place to live. Who wins this one?
1: Well, it's got, that's the issue, isn't it? I mean, you know, we all like to, as Canadians, we all like to think we're, you know, protectors of the environment, but we don't want to sit in a cold house either. Uh, so that, that's, that's the issue here. How do you, how do you find that balance? And I'm not so sure the government. Well, I, in fact, I know they haven't uh, found it because uh, there's so many people that are now saying, "Well, hold on a second, you're you're gouging us at a time when we don't have a lot of money to begin with this throw around, and you're introducing a carbon tax and and it, you know what's it going to do to actually uh, protect the environment? And then you, you know you've got Mister. Polyev saying you know that he'll will get rid of the carbon tax particularly you know on for farmers and so on. So it, it's it's going to be a, if, you know, obviously it's going to be a controversial issue where that middle ground is remains to be seen. Will will the liberals cave in and and certainly give farmers a break and and, and others like them because if any if anybody deserves a break, certainly it's you know people down east. It's people right across the country, in fact, that are finding. It, more and more difficult every day mm. to make ends meet. And the carbon tax for a lot of people just seems like it's a straw that broke the camel's back here.
0: Well, and look, we saw when the, and you know, a cynic would say it's to do with the polls and it probably is, but nonetheless, we saw when the polls were not looking good in Eastern Canada and the Atlantic provinces, the liberals gave a break on home heating bills. I, you know, they broke from their ideology there in order to deal with a political problem. I'm with you. I can't believe that ultimately they will not find a way to do the same for others to try and bolster themselves.
1: Well, Scott, they're going to have to find something or they can just kiss their butt goodbye. (laughs) Uh, Quite frankly, I mean, that's, that's what it is. I mean, the the liberals are in a, a, in a tough spot here. So, I mean, they can they can be self righteous and saying, "No, we're not going to we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that." You know, we've got to save the environment, and that's all well and good. But you have to be there's a certain amount of pragmatism that gets involved in this too, and you have to you have to treat people equally uh, first and foremost, and to consider the kind of economic times that people are going through. So. I, I really believe that some the liberals will somehow come to some agreement. They're already saying they did a poor job of selling it. They want to change the name of it to, to rebrand it. They oh, we hear other well, you know, I can put on a hat on a jackass and still a jackass. <laughs> uh, but I mean, but, but they'll, they'll have to, they'll have to uh, do something.
0: But I, I was going to say, like, I don't know if a government that has been as staunch ideologically as the environmental government of Stephen Guibault, I, I was thinking, I don't know if they can relent, but again, they did relent in the Atlantic provinces. So they've shown they can do it. It's a question of how much do they want to bend on this one?
1: Well, they, if they want to be, you know, unless they want to be, uh, you know, uh, reduced to the, a van party at the in the next election, they're going to have to do something. What that something is, I, I don't have a crystal, crystal ball, but they're going to have to spread spread the love a bit across the country in terms of, uh, you know, the carbon tax. There's no, I mean, just no question in my mind. I, otherwise, uh, they're, you know, the, the train is headed right to the wall. Just before we go, we got one more minute here. I mean, you've been around politics a
0: long, long time. The polls say that Pierre Polyev is in a very, very, very strong position right now. But as you say, polls change. If you're Pierre Polyev or you're one of the people advising him, what are you telling him not to do? What are the? What is the giant pothole that you are telling him, don't step in this one? Uh, we can cruise through if you don't. What's the big pothole that's out there? Abortion. <laughs> Okay. And is that, that's one, and that will that's, always come up because that that's always raised before. That's the always election. an issue, but
1: that's one that, you know, uh, Harper was able to deal with. And it's one that Mr. Polyev is going to have to deal with and, and, and take a, uh, take a firm position. Uh, it's just, Polyev right now is, you know, is kind of touching, you know, he's a bumper sticker politics. He's touching all, all the, you know, the very, uh tender and sensitive spots of you know the economy and how people are feeling towards the government and you know let's face it any government's been around for eight years or whatever you know people get tired of it so that i mean he's he's watching he's watching this and he knows he doesn't have to say you know a whole lot more than get up and get uh, on his hind legs every day and say that you know Trudeau is the the most evil person in the world and the liberals have ruined the country. And if, and he's been saying that for how many months now. So I I don't know that there's, he just thing he has to be Scott is not to go too far. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah,
0: I think you're probably right. Just don't, don't over, don't overstep. You know, he,
1: you know, you know, like some of the people calling, you know, uh, uh, Trudeau a dictator, like What?
0: Mm. No, no, I, I absolutely agree. I think that as long as you, well, as long as he doesn't take the bait and go way over the top, he's probably okay, but who knows, who knows what Yeah, but what if might he happen- does,
1: I, I think, you know, you know, that he, he really, that, that's, that's his, uh, you know, that's his issue. I think right at the moment is just to, you know, sure, give him hell every day but you better be careful how you pick your words because if you say something outrageous, you know, like we said years ago about correction and, and facial paralysis. Yeah, no, uh, yeah,
0: you're right. It's that you just, you got to not step in on those landmines, uh, verbal landmines and uh, see where it goes. Uh, Richard Brennan, I wish we had a lot more time. We will again, uh, this is only day one. Uh, Richard Brennan, really appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Thanks Scott. You're listening to the Scott Radley show podcast on 900 CHML. Now you may have noticed that over the last generation, maybe longer than that, we've had this thing called helicopter parenting. You're, you're probably familiar or, uh, or bubble wrap parenting. Some people have called it. We don't want our kids to get hurt. We don't want them to scrape a knee. We don't want anything bad to happen. Parents get angry. If kids do things at school and come home with a little ding. Well, it turns out, According to a new study that was published in the Canadian Pediatric Society, risky play could actually be a very, very good thing. Let me bring in Dr. Mariana Brusoni. She is the director of the Human Early Learning Partnership and a professor in the Department of Pediatrics and the School of Population and Public Health at the University of British Columbia. Thanks for doing this today. I really appreciate it.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
0: This is going to be a study and these are going to be results that I think a lot of parents, a lot of adults, a lot of people are going to say, yeah, I've always thought this. And others are going to say, come on, we can't let our kids get hurt. This is crazy. What would be the background? What would be the, the um, reason that this might be a good thing?
2: Oh, so many reasons, and I think uh, if any of us take us ourselves back to our favorite childhood play memories, you know, we've asked a lot of adults this over the years, and by and large, people are outdoors, they're with friends, they're not with adults. You know, they're kind of wandering around the neighborhood, doing what they want, you know, whatever they feel like, and figuring things out for themselves. You know, and and if people dig a little bit deeper in terms of thinking, what did I get out of those experiences? You know, they talk about a sense of joy and fun and freedom and being able to run and jump and shout, you know, and nobody telling them inside voices or anything Mm. like that. And being away from adults means that they had to figure things out for themselves. They had to figure out what they wanted to do how they wanted to do it. They had to resolve disputes. If they had, you know, little bumps and bruises, then it was just something they had to deal with. And so, you know, as a developmental psychologist, what my research has looked at and what the Canadian Pediatric Society really lifts up here is how important each of these aspects of this kind of play are actually really critical to fundamental aspects of children's health and development and well-being.
0: What you described, and I'm guessing at a time frame here, but what you described basically is childhood before mid-90s, maybe early 90s. What changed?
2: Yeah, it's uh, we we really point to even earlier than that, okay. the late 80s when there was started to be a change. And when we also started to see some statistics showing, for example, less kids walking to school on their own and things like that. So a lot of things changed. Um And so if you think back to that period, there was increasing um, inequities in society. So there was one recession after another. And so it meant that the gap between rich and poor got bigger. Um, And so what used to be kind of a a normal middle-class lifestyle and the education level that you needed for that got a lot more challenging and more and more people were needing university education um, for jobs and more and more competition and so on. And so parents became part of this intensive parenting parenting movement where they were kind of more worried about their kids succeeding and expected to actually cultivate their children for success. So, what that meant was, well, play is just frivolous. Why would we spend time on that when they could be doing math or reading? And how do we make sure they get into the right schools? And also, at the same time, in society, we were thinking, well, you know, we, we expect to control risks. We certainly don't want our children to Get hurt. There was this shift towards well, kids are incapable and they're vulnerable, and they need adults to take care of them. And if kids get hurt, it's parents' fault. So it put a lot of onus on parents to have their kids succeed and to not get hurt. and And so we saw this shift towards when kids weren't in school, they were in supervised activities. They weren't seen as able to take care of themselves, and more and more and more restriction of freedom.
0: And the irony of that is that the same parents who were succeeding themselves and now wanting their kids to succeed were the ones who didn't have that and had the freedom when they were growing up.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And this perception that the world was less safe than when they were growing up, which in fact is quite the opposite when we look at statistics.
0: Mm. Okay, so when people hear risky, I want to clarify here because I think there's a difference between risky and what other word do we want to use hazardous or something like that? I mean, we're not, we're not talking about sending your kid out to run across a four lane highway with a blindfold, we're, right? We're talking about what, what, what is risky? What does that, what, what does that definition mean?
2: Yeah, it's a good question and an important distinction. So risky play would be play where kids can take a, make a decision for themselves how and whether they want to engage in a risk. For example, climbing higher than they usually have or jumping farther or things like that. Hazards would be those things that kids can't manage on their own and they might not be able to identify like a fast moving river or as you say, a, you know, a dangerous highway. Um, and so, and, but we have to build their skills to be able to manage those risks and hazards. Um, And so, you know, you point to the four-lane highway, you know, eventually we as adults know how to navigate something like that. We have to build those skills over time. And risky play is really part of building those risk management skills so that kids can understand how their body works, how the world works, and how they can think about keeping themselves safe in diverse circumstances when there aren't adults around to tell them what to do do
0: is it okay if your kid breaks his or her arm
2: yeah when we think about so we've moved an injury prevention from an as safe as possible approach where we're trying to prevent every injury to an as safe as necessary approach recognizing that there are risks and uncertainties and kids have to engage with them and so that includes when we talk about serious injuries we don't include broken arms or even legs we include the really serious stuff that's going to have lifelong consequences
0: But if, okay, so, but there are kids who are more um, energetic, more, they're maniacs. I was a maniac as a kid, I'm not going to lie, but if you are a parent who now takes your kid because you've got one of those high energy kids and you're at the hospital two or three or four times with a broken arm or stitches, is some doctor not going to flag you as a parent who is doing something wrong today though?
2: No, well, we hope not, right? Because, uh, there is the recognition that those high energy, what we call sensation seeking kids are gonna, are gonna need to, you know, have, uh, have an outlet for their energy and in fact the research shows that if they don't have an outlet you know they're going to find it somewhere and they're they're going to not necessarily find it in places that we are actually okay with right so they they might even take more risks and it's in uh circumstances that are even more dangerous so if we want to make sure that these high energy kids have an opportunity for this kind of play you know play you know in, in most play environments is is reasonably safe um and so with the canadian pediatric statement there is more of a recognition of that
0: one of the things you just said i hadn't thought about this but tying in a second school of thought or study is that boys are struggling in school often now is there a connection here that we're telling boys not to as you say blow off your energy blow off your steam are we are we doing harm to boys in school because they need to be able to do this particularly
2: yeah, schools, in, for the most part, are designed to have kids sit sedentary for long periods of time. Um, and I mean, anybody is not designed to do that. Um, and we do see some challenges, particularly with boys or with kids with, with other special needs. Um, and so we also do work with schools and teachers to figure out ways for teachers to take their kids out and be able to take full advantage of being outdoors to engage in lessons outdoors.
0: Uh, One last thing. I wish we had so much more time. This is such a fascinating topic. We have just come out of a pandemic. We are seeing reports anyway a lot of kids with struggling with mental health, with other kinds of things. Do you believe there's a connection between a year or two or three of kids being stuck in their home and what we're seeing now?
2: Yes, but those trends were happening before. So the pandemic has exacerbated what we were already seeing previously, um, which is, again, was pointed out by the Canadian Pediatric Society statement that uh, it's partly because of these reductions in freedom, the ability to play freely, the ability to just kind of do these kinds of things to build their resilience and self-confidence that can help them manage these kind of challenging circumstances that life will throw at them.
0: You know, it it, it sounds so much more fun. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to ask. I know for me, uh, my age, we had these kind of opportunities to do this when I was a kid, and I, 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 I do look and I feel badly for kids now that don't have those chances to do that. It's I, I kind of get it, but I kind of, uh, well, I very much appreciate this study and what you're saying because it's uh, I don't know that we can ever go back, but maybe, maybe.
2: Well, it, you know, it's not going back to an idealistic past because, you know, there are different circumstances today and, and not everything about the past was good. No. But it's about, you know, giving, recognizing that kids need freedom for this kind of play. Uh, and so we work with parents. We have tools online. They can check out OutsidePlay.org to help them rethink, you know, so that you can actually create this kind of childhood you know, with your neighbourhood, with, you know, local parents that that might want to do the same thing so that the kids do have the freedom to do this kind of play.
0: It's a fascinating topic. Uh, Dr. Mariana Brusoni, uh, Director of the Human Early Learning Partnership and a professor at the University of British Columbia. Thank you for this. Really appreciate it.
2: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. All right. As I say, Don Robertson, who is usually here on Mondays at this time is in a tiny leopard skin thong right now on a beach somewhere, sipping on a drink with an umbrella. If he's listening. <laughs> well, if he's listening, uh that's that's that would be really you got nothing else to do if you're down there. But anyway. Uh, but joining me today to uh to not wear a tiny leopard skin thong. A man who is the most effervescent voice in this area broadcast, uh, Steve Foxcroft, how are you?
3: I'm good. Thanks for having me. These are huge shoes to fill and a I don't know, he, Don's probably tiny got- thong the tiny thong. The tiny thong, I can't go there, but the move of moving the umbrella off to the side to take your sip of the- As opposed to glada. getting it stuck up yeah, your nose. Yeah. yeah. Don would look very effervescent doing that well, move the as well. the effervescent right? word, <laughs>
0: Steve has been described, Steve off. well does the- the uh, Santa Claus Parade in Burlington and every year they describe you as effervescent. Yeah. Did you like put that on your, on your list that said, okay, if you're going to sign me, you've got to call me effervescent because I don't know where that word comes
3: from. I think it came from Santa Claus himself when he, <laughs> when he goes by with Rudolph leading the way and I think it came right from Santa Claus. So I'm going to go with that.
0: If Santa <laughs> calls you effervescent, yeah. then you go with effervescent. <laughs> uh, Steve, by the way, uh, not working this last Sunday because he does the sticks, the yard sticks at the Buffalo bills games, unfortunately, uh, not on the field this week should have yeah. been.
3: Yeah. Like it Should've was been. interesting that I actually had a Don Robertson type trip planned, but it had to go all through like Baltimore had to win the Saturday before yes. for this trip to happen. It was a quick weekend getaway. Not, not, I'm not Don Robertson territory there, but, but boy, oh boy thinking back to what's now played out and I know we'll talk about it, we, the bills, I was close to working. Like I should have been working yes, because I think the bills lost that game more than Kansas city won.
0: That well, game. yeah. I, I mean, look, the, uh, for people who follow the bills defense was so banged up. They were down to like third string guys. Lower this is, this is. All right, before we get to that, Mm -hmm. let's, let's start from the beginning here, because we, we now have for better or for worse, some people will say for better, some people will say for worse, the Taylor Swift Super Bowl. Is this good for the NFL or bad for the NFL? I'll tell you why I'm asking that question. You would say, well, of course it's good for the NFL because they get to show Taylor Swift a trillion times now and get all the Swifties to watch, but I really believe that there are a lot of people who already were kind of believing the story that the NFL has a script, kind of not really saying the fixes in, but kind of, it always seems to work out the way they want. And this is exactly how the NFL would have wanted this to work out. And it happened again. I think, I think the NFL has got an awful lot of people now who, if they're not going to say it's rigged, they are questioning how it always seems to go exactly the way the NFL wants it to.
3: Boy, and, and. You know, don't want to talk about officiating. And I'm not asking. Yeah, I know. But But it's weird that in that game, like Sean Hockley, the Bills were one and four. And Sean Smith, the the home teams don't do good. So that's all I'm going to say. We won't get, I won't go down that road too much. But to your point, first of all, is Usher upset? Is he going to be upstage? Yeah. Is he going to be upstage by someone not even performing like somebody in a box.
0: Maybe he'll, maybe like, she'll make a sudden appearance could you in the imagine? middle of an Usher song.
3: Yeah. There can't, that can't happen. But, but is Usher now sitting there going. He's doing halftime by yeah, the way. Yeah, sorry. Not,
0: not the Usher in the stadium. Yeah, <laughs> like not, they got, not the, the Usher the singer, in section usher.
3: 319, <laughs> the Usher, the performer. So. Is he a little perturbed at the way things have played out? I don't know. We don't answer that. We don't, I don't text with Usher very often, but, but you know, that's one of the sidelines of this. It's going to, is it going to be a sideshow? Cause now all I've heard is she's performing in Tokyo. You gain a day with the travel. She can be there by Saturday night and it goes on and on and on. So I don't know what, how it's going to play out. I saw
0: but. a bunch of people
3: today on
0: social media and again, take social media for what it's worth, but I've seen a bunch of people on social media making the case that they don't even believe the two of them, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are really a couple. This is the NFL paying both of them to play a role wow. because she is such a draw for young okay. girls to so try not, and tune in. So i can not, I
3: can't, buy, that's a, that is an internet thing. The internet usually wins not on that one though, because it involves so much more, like the families and Mrs. Kelsey and all that. And how about Jason Kelsey too in Buffalo? He was a sideshow there, but it was really good. Now, I just don't know. I like Andy Reid. And I like Kelsey, because I like him as a football player. And and lately it's harder, I think, with the whole Swifty thing going on. Um, but I don't care for Mahomes. And okay. I don't care
0: All for right. him being a sore loser. Let's get right into this because I am I it's interesting you said that, because I was teasing last hour. I was saying we're gonna talk about this hour who I believe the guy who is going to be playing in the Super Bowl is the most overrated athlete in professional sports. If Patrick Mahomes had been drafted by Arizona, as opposed to landing with Andy Reid and the defense of Steve Spagnola and Travis Kelsey, if, if he had been in Arizona, he is Kyler Murray right now. Mm-hmm. I don't Patrick Mahomes did not beat the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills having no defense left from injuries. They they couldn't, they couldn't make any stop. Yeah, they, they had nobody. could no the defense basically. Steve Spagnola's defense beat the Baltimore Ravens yesterday. Not Patrick Mahomes, he was entirely mediocre. I, I look at this and I hear this stuff talking today. People who are well known, usually respected sports people saying he's the best quarterback ever. And I'm like, you put him on a mediocre team without Andy Reid calling this unbelievable offense and a defense that always comes up big. He has zero Super Bowls. I'm sorry. He's just, he is, he is a good quarterback, but to call him one of the great, he's not in the top three, probably maybe four active quarterbacks Hmm. right now. If you had a, if you had a draft, I really believe this. If you were drafting from scratch, from scratch, every team had to start over.
3: You think that Patrick Mahomes is the first player taken off the board? No way. Not even close. And it's because of what you said too. It's the Angie Reed factor. And there's no, what bugged me today hearing a lot of the things is the fact that they're comparing him and Brady. Like that. Like you just said, he's maybe four, maybe six. Like Justin Herbert. Like there's guys that can play the position. I'd love to see Justin Herbert play with Andy Reid as his coach. Like that would be something. And that's not even the number one guy, right? But
0: If you're saying that Patrick Mahomes is the reason the Chiefs have won Super Bowls, the reason, and so you're saying he's the greatest because he has led the team, that means that you must believe that if the Bills had not traded their pick and drafted Patrick Mm -hmm. Mahomes, they would have two Super Bowls. Do you believe that if Patrick, if the, if the roles had been reversed a week ago, Patrick Mahomes was playing for the Bills and Josh Allen was playing for the Chiefs that the Bills
3: would have won. Not even close, right? It wouldn't Allen, have, outplayed yeah, yeah, Al- Allen outplayed it him. Yeah, Allen outplayed him. It was Alan- a
0: team reason that the Chiefs won that game.
3: And I think what you said earlier too, the Bills couldn't feel the defense. I kept saying to myself, if the, su- just one or two of the guys that were injured on the Bills defense were back in the lineup, Milano would have been the biggest guy, right? Treverius like, White. like just Treverius White. Yeah, Tradavius White. White. Um, Russell, like there's so many guys that they just would have stopped the run better. They would have got off the field more. It just, it would have been a different situation. Look, I'm not
0: arguing sure. that Patrick Mahomes is a bad quarterback. I'm not saying that at all. He's a good quarterback. He's in the top five, but yeah. uh, again, I really believe that if you were going to have from scratch a draft in the NFL where nobody had a player, every team was in the draft and every player was thrown into the pile. I don't believe that Patrick Mahomes would probably be in the top three players picked. Now he might be four, but yeah. I think that, I think that, uh, Jackson, that, uh, uh Lamar Lawrence. Jackson yeah,
3: or Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Josh Justin Allen. Herber, I, Josh don't know, Allen. I don't know, I
0: don't know what Trevor Lawrence, uh, well,
3: give Trevor Burrow might
0: be in there though.
3: Burrow absolutely he'd right? be in there, but give Trevor Lawrence, Andy Reed and that team switch. See?
0: Like uh, there's a lot of guys, there's a number of guys that you could say, would they be in the same position? I would say, I think so. And, and to have a guy like Kelsey, that is your ultimate hall of famer and a go to, you're in trouble, you throw it to Kelsey and he makes every catch. Exactly. And yeah, I just, I I like listening to this stuff. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to, it sounds like we're dumping on, on Mahomes. I'm not, I'm still saying he's, he's a very good player, but the greatest quarterback ever, there was a columnist in Toronto today who's writing that he is the best quarterback ever. And it's like, no.
3: No, I even like Jared Goff last night watching the lions and we can talk about them a little bit later, but how he wore number 16 in honor of Joe Montana because he grew up out there and everything like that. Like he got his team there. He's played well the last, this whole season, but the last few weeks in the playoffs, he's looked good too, but. The thing that bugged me today shows on this around the country, people were having the conversation Mahomes versus Brady, as if he's like on the Mount Rushmore. The Are seven versus kidding? two, yeah.
0: seven versus two. If you, and again, I go back to the point then because we heard last week that Patrick Mahomes beat Josh Allen again. And I would bet all the money, I don't bet, I would bet all the money I have or have ever had that if you had flipped those guys and Josh Allen was playing for the Kansas city chiefs and, 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 uh,
3: Mahomes Mahomes was
0: playing for For the the bills, Bills. not only do the chiefs win because of the Mm -hmm. defense, they win probably by four touchdowns.
3: The game's over at halftime. And you know, another one uh, comparison is the 13 second game, flip them in that game too. Then, but even
0: then saying that Mahomes won that game, Josh Allen left the field with 13 seconds left and the lead. He doesn't play defense. That's
3: right. And then never got the chance and to And never play got the again. chance in overtime. Like, so it was crazy. They so changed a rule specifically for that. Right. So there's two examples that you just gave the last two times they've met when it mattered in the playoffs, um, where Josh outplayed him. So yep. right off the bat, that should be the conversation.
0: I just, it, it, to me, it's just, it's a hilarious thing to hear people bend themselves into pretzels to say that Mahomes is, and, and you know what the worst part is? Did you watch that Netflix show Quarterback?
3: <laughs> did I watch it? I was in it.
0: Oh yeah, you were, that's right. <laughs> that's I right. forgot. Yeah, of you can go I look at Two, two episodes, <laughs> yeah, right. right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, some people will agree, some will disagree. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Minnesota Vikings, oh, well, was, he's now a free yeah. agent. Uh, you watch him humble, mm-hmm. really, down-to-earth, hardworking guy that you would sit and say, I would love to have dinner with that Mm -hmm. guy. Uh, Marcus Mariota, I don't want to say troubled, that's not the word, challenge. He's a guy who had a lot of challenges in his career, but again, you go, wow, he seems like a really decent guy. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I just could only watch when he would come home from a game and sit in his living room with all of his buddies who had to then sit there and listen to him talk about how great he did. And I was like, you're not, a guy that I would want to spend five minutes with. So it's not, it's, it's, it's maybe, maybe that is affecting my that's perception a, of him as a player, but he doesn't strike me as a guy I would want to be around.
3: That's a good point. And I want to say, cause I know a lot of Kansas city fans right now, and, and there's even more out there now, cause they're coming Are out the closet Are they're they? on the bandwagon. Well, I think that because of the Swifties, there's a lot of people be, that maybe. may come, but I know a lot of Kansas city fans. So to you, what you said earlier, I want to clarify so my phone doesn't blow up about why you hate the Chiefs. It's he's a good quarterback. He's a, good, he's he's a, a very good, good quarterback. Like, he's a court We're not bashing him. We're just saying let's put him where he belongs.
0: We're not bashing him. We're bashing the people who are saying he's one of the right. all-time greats on the Mount Rushmore of yeah, quarterbacks. Not he's, even close. His I'll team, Josh Allen. his team is on the maybe on the Mount Rushmore of teams.
3: What about his coach? though? His Andy coach Reed. Andy Reid. He's got to be there.
0: And again, put put. So, uh, I go back to my point, and I said earlier, and it, it may have been slightly hyperbolic, but not a whole lot. That if you were, if if Patrick Mahomes was in Arizona and Kyler Murray was in Kansas City, now I think Mahomes is se- certainly a better quarterback right. than Kyler Murray, but would Patrick Mahomes have led his team to a Super Bowl? No. no. Would, might Kyler Murray have been to a couple Super Bowls with that team? I would say quite possibly. He could have
3: been like a Brock Purdy. Man, he could have managed them. Show up, a don't
0: of make games. a yeah. lot of mistakes. Right. Just, you know,
3: um. Tyler Murray's capable of that for sure. So to the point is, yeah, it's what's around, it's what's around you, what's around, you. you have that hall of fame, uh, tight end, Kelsey, that'll bail you out of everything. You have Andy Reid who, you know, they used to do all those little sneaky screens up the middle, but then finally teams got filmed and stopped it. So you don't see it anymore. So they just come up with something else like Andy yeah. Reid is a genius well, and
0: and the fact that uh, uh, Spagnola the, the defensive coordinator for Kansas City is they completely shut down the the, yeah. the Ravens that's that that's why they won that's why they won
3: because did they score in the second half? No. Exactly. So no, there's that's the why they point. won.
0: And I know some people will be saying, well look, you guys are arguing that Mahomes isn't the one of the best ever or the best ever because he has the benefit of a team and a coach but what about Tom Brady? Yeah, sure he did. Mm-hmm. Sure. Tom Brady had a great coach and he had a team around him. He also has seven super bowls. So when, when Mahomes yesterday it, and here's the other thing. I don't bet uh, they may win this week. They're in mm-hmm. this super bowl. They might win this one.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I will bet you though, that this will be the last one they ever win. This yeah. is, this is, they lucked the out. The window's done. They yeah. lucked out by getting through Buffalo. They really right. did. If Buffalo was not so battered, they would have won that game. And I. Same
3: thing yesterday. Baltimore hand, handed them the ball twice at the end zone.
0: Well, yeah, they fumbled yeah. right before the end yeah. zone. That would have been, that, yeah, no, no, it's you know, uh,
3: they handed it to them.
0: I just, as I say, it, I I have no problem for the next two weeks with all the talk and all the email, not emails, all the Twitter and all mm-hmm. you have to, about t- t- Taylor Swift. That's fine. You want to you want to Taylor Swift your brains out, knock yourself out. I, I I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, but I you know, I don't care. But the endless talk we're going to hear about is Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback of all time. Anyone who says that is trying too hard, Right? is trying too hard. He is not. They're on the bandwagon. Yeah, he is not. He just isn't, Mm -hmm. he just isn't put him on almost any other team and he's a good quarterback looking for his first crack at a super bowl. Yeah.
3: He's Justin Herbert. I think at that point, you know, try him.
0: Uh, this week is an NHL all-star week in Toronto. And, uh, this is not meant to be like downer Monday, but I can honestly think of nothing less interesting to me these days than any, not just NHL, mm-hmm. any professional leagues, all-star game.
3: So have you been to one?
0: I don't think so. Okay. Not that I
3: can think of. I went to one once in Dallas uh with for what Fox sport? for for NHL sorry okay. so for NHL we became the official whistle and so on so I got invited as like a supplier to the league and even then when you're there as like a VIP kind of thing to your point it just, like the game itself, by the time you get to the game, you're exhausted. And then you watch these guys playing shinny. Not and it's trying. Not, yeah. Like it just, and they've tried everything. And then the other thing is it's not all stars. It's one guy from each team. So it, that bugs me. Yep. You know, like what is Zach Hyman right now? The fourth leading, fourth, fifth leading score, not even close. Cause Dreisaitl and McDavid. And-
0: well, and because you gotta have someone from every team, yeah. so you get someone from the Arizona Coyotes, right. because you know, that fans in Toronto are clamoring for the top Arizona Coyote to be in place.
3: And really do the people in Arizona tune in to see their well, one, this is, the uh, I, like,
0: this is the theory is that, oh, they're yeah. all going to tune in to see him play. And it's like, no, I'm pretty sure that the 5,000 fans that cram their arena. Are, the
3: Arizona state, uh, Sun Devil arena. Yeah.
0: are, like, are probably not all that interested. I, I, the problem is I, so once upon a time, back in the day, I loved when it, during the magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas era, I loved the NBA all-star game. The reason I think I liked it is because even though defense was not as much as usual, at least they tried. Mm-hmm. At least they tried. Now the NBA All Star Game, you're not even play. You just let the guy run right by. Like you're not even making a, a look like you're right. playing defense. It's 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 become
3: ludicrous. I think so. And it also like the shots they take, the three point shots that are like five point shots. Like they yeah. step over center and they jack them up, or it's the windmill dunk. So it's it's one inch from the basket or fifty feet from the basket. So what's a
0: way to do it? it like is there is there anything with with guys, especially in the NBA and NFL, where they're making some of them million or more, it's pretty hard to intrigue them with money. Is there any, baseball tried by giving home field advantage.
3: So what about back in the day when the Stanley Cup champ played the all-stars, something like that, but you can't. Even then, do you think? Well, you, it's hard to do because then you get injured, like then they play as a team and so on and so forth. And what about even on the Stanley Cup champ, the fourth line guys and so on and so forth. But, um. There's some, I say, the first thing is what we said, make it all stars, have the right guys there and don't worry about Stop Arizona, San Jose, wh- whoever the team is. Like, so if you have the right guys there, that's the first thing. And then you need somebody to just throw a check at some point, right? You need pull somebody to pull a Rose. Yeah,
0: pull a Pete At, Rose. at, at home plate where, it, yeah, it's, it, there is, there is that, there is. I mean, I thought about, okay, so if the players don't care about money for themselves, because they're making so much, what if, what if you said the money is going to a charity of their choosing? Do you think that, that they I, feel obligated to try because
3: right. I think they've tried that though. And it didn't really, it, it didn't change the effort level, the, the one, the other thing they tried is the nationality thing. Right. And then remember they had the young kids in yes. the, like when McDavid. W- broke in, he was on that youngster team.
0: Yeah. But that was the world cup or was that in the all-star no, I game? That, that, was that was the
3: young- all-star, right? Didn't they have three teams, like a, con- like a Canada, a US, a Europe or international, and then the young guns or whatever. And they play that yeah. tournament, the mini tournament. But- I
0: mean, look, when back in the eighties and not to be all old guy thing here, but for some reason, when Gretzky and Lemieux were playing in those, they tried. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite thing for the all-star, at least in my lifetime was back around then, remember when the Soviet red army and the, uh, the uh, wings, the, yes. the, the two teams came over right. and played. And that was ba- back in the time when, you know, they're, they're going home. Right. Cause yeah. they were playing that traveling thing it, yes. against the flyers and, and they the played flyers, the yeah. New year's Eve game right. against the Canadians. And they played the Rangers. That was amazing. And, and it was, but there's no, there's no country that is now the hated evil yeah, Empire it, 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 that you're fired up Fred Shiro when he was coach of the Flyers I mean they wanted to kill mm-hmm. the Russians because they were they were the Soviets and yeah. we hate them yeah. There's
3: nobody. You can't do that right now. Like, nothing like it's that. It's almost like. Unless North how, Korea puts yeah. together a team. <laughs> <laughs> that And that's how WrestleMania got started, right? Yeah. With the Iron Sheik and Hulk Hogan and all that kind of thing. It's kind of <laughs> like, that's, that's basically the premise of it, but you, there's nothing like that right now. You couldn't yeah, field I, a team. So I
0: just don't know. There's gotta be an answer, but, and it would, if one sport could figure it out, they would all follow because they're all in the same position. How do you get these guys to care?
3: And I think football, the NFL is the worst one. I think they've gone to flag football. Yeah, So. It was flag football anyway. Anyways, so now they've made it official. So that one is the most ridiculous one and they've moved it from Hawaii too. So they had to, at least, they entice guys to go to Hawaii, but now that's even off, like that wasn't good for them. So they moved it back to like, where is it? Orlando Uh, or something? Yeah.
0: Baseball is the closest because. It's hard to, it's hard to play baseball, not playing baseball. Nobody's going to go up there and throw 65 miles an hour. You go out there, but, but you've got a pitching change every batter and you've got, you know, like it's not the same, but at least it's, at least
3: it's, um, it resembles the sport. And at least with the major league baseball all-star game. So you have a pitcher, he is, he's going to pitch maybe an inning at the most. At the most. So he's, n- you're not ruining him for his team. Yeah. So in other words, he can go back and in one, two, three, four days, start again. And, and so you're not taking them out. And really there's no risk of an injury and in bait. Like if he's going to throw his arm out, he's going to throw it out, whether it's at an all-star game or, or pitching normal. So there's less of a risk of injury. I think that's the big thing in even the NBA, the hockey, not so much football anymore. Cause they could, just sprain an ankle, that's about it. But in hockey, especially if a guy gets hurt, like remember when Gretzky got hurt in the Canada cup? Yes. He got
0: hit from behind by Suter. Yeah. In the back. And in Hamilton, I yeah, think, if I Hamilton, recall. Yeah. yeah.
3: And and then that kind of put a damper on it for a while. And I think that's what they think about in this, in the hockey all-star game, the NHL all-star game is just don't get hurt, right? I, can I, can I ask you something kind yeah. of, it's all-star related, is how is Sidney Crosby still one of the best?
0: Well, it's a great question because look at Alex Ovechkin, who has always been his comparator mm-hmm. because they were one, they were drafted one year apart and they always were at the top of their game. And Ovechkin looks like he has just gone completely
3: off the cliff and has lost it now. He looks like a grandpa. Yeah. He, and too, and right? he can't like, score
0: anymore. He's got, I think one goal since in the new year. Like, one in yeah. January. One a
3: month, oh, two a month, maybe.
0: It's, he's just stopped. Right. And Crosby is, Crosby's in the, in the heart trophy conversation right now as
3: the MVP. his team isn't as good as when Crosby was younger too. And he's still playing at the elite level. Like I just love that. And you know, the other thing I was thinking about Crosby, you never hear a negative word about him.
0: Well, you never hear anything about him except on the ice. And I think that may be one of the reasons why he's still doing it because you don't ever see a social media thing with sidney crosby out at the club or or i i don't know but i kind of get the sense that sidney crosby leaves the rink and goes to the gym mm-hmm. and then goes home and
3: watches yeah. tape and maybe has a rink at home and does some like skates around there like too. hockey like,
0: is all that mm-hmm. he right now it still his life is entirely about hockey and maybe someday It won't be, maybe he's decided I'll do this till I'm 40 and then I'll live the rest of my life, but it looks like hockey is what matters to him.
3: Right. And I just think that's a great Canadian thing too, right? Like I like to think that that's what we are as Canadians is keep our nose clean, be the best at hockey and never just, you can't, you couldn't find anything with a search party about him. Like you said, even positive almost, like you just don't hear a thing ever.
0: So he is 36 right now. And I would say that if there was going to be an Olympics right now, let's say there was an Olympics in February, uh, Crosby would have to still at 36, be on Canada's team and not as your fourth line winger. Like he would be maybe your second or third at worst line center. Yeah. And productive.
3: Yeah. Like that would be like, that would be a stacked team. I went to 87 Canada cup, right? All the games here probably one of the most exciting events other than Grey Cups as a Canadian that I've been to. And it was amazing. Like that game too, that was a must win game, mm-hmm. double overtime. And I remember Grant Fuhr stood on his head to Again, keep, the, keep us in it.
0: All-star game-ish, but against the Soviets because they were the bad guys there and you had no problem getting up to play them. How do right. you, how you find That's that getting back to the all-star thing, how you find, how you generate that motivation to get a bunch of multi-millionaires to care in a game where it's clear you're not supposed to, it's almost become cool to not care.
3: Right. To yeah, look like, ah, yeah.
0: oh, you know, whatever. That's
3: the NBA, I think. You it, well, just for hit sure. the NBA one on for the head sure. with, they just don't care. Now here's my only thought. You have torts as one of the coaches, And just tell them to be torts. Torts, go off, rip the other team or something. Like he'll, he'll get people fired up. That's for sure. But the problem is you need another torts.
0: Well, there's one other possibility that I would suggest, but the players in a million years would never go for this. And that is for a month after the all-star game, the, so it's, it's by division, right? right? You're, you're broken up by division, metropolitan, Atlantic, whatever. Only the teams in the division that win, get to travel by charter. Everyone else has to fly commercial <laughs> for a month that might motivate them oh, that you now gosh. gotta be flying with yeah. the riffraff yeah. in economy oh. suddenly and waiting in the, can you imagine waiting yeah. in the waiting room yeah. and the plane is delayed? I'm sorry, your West Jet flight is delayed. Uh, oh, Flair gosh. airlines has gone
3: bankrupt. You. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, that, you're no longer on swoop.
0: <laughs> that, that would motivate them. That would motivate them. The, the players association would have an aneurysm, but that would motivate them.
3: So I'll add this to it then, take away the exit rows so nobody can even get the exit rows, like just make it tough on them. Yeah. That's, that's And
0: a everybody idea. sitting in front of them has going to recline their yeah. feet the second they take off, Yeah, <laughs> uh, you will suddenly have, pl- there. you're going to have yeah. guys playing yeah, hard. Exactly. Steve, you know, I, 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 I I'm going to have to, um, we got to, we got to change because this is a really serious thing I want to ask you about. And so I don't want it to be uh, funny because the first of the five players from the 2018 Canadian world junior team has surrendered uh, to be charged. And, you know, this, this to me, I wonder what the NHL does or should do about this because he, the guy who who surrendered Alex uh, Formentin is not playing in the NHL right now, but. Maybe we don't know for sure who the others are, but if one of them or more are NHL players and they are convicted, do you ban them for life? Do you leave it up to teams? And we're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but this is something I'm sure the league is thinking about. What do you do if one of your players, and it doesn't even have to be this Right. It doesn't have to be this particular case. This is timely because of the news that's going on. But if you have a player convicted of an incredibly serious crime, do you let them back in ever? Or do you say, you know what? It's a, it's a privilege to play in our league and you lost that privilege. What do you do?
3: I think you'd start with that. It's a privilege to play in our league. And I think the best thing to do is do it right away. Suspend them indefinitely. Because it gives you the option, right? And then indefinitely could just go on forever until it, you may let the system decide for you because we don't know what the result may be for these people in terms of like a conviction. They
0: may not possible. be convicted. Yeah. They may not. And and that's where it gets even more difficult. Honestly, if you're the mm-hmm. NHL and there is a trial and there are accusations, but it turns out that the person is not convicted, those Images, look, we've seen this with other athletes who have been on trial or things before. Those images are now permanently in people's minds and many people will believe them, some won't. But man, if you're a league, can you let that be back in your league or is that ruining your, right? It's, it's, this is such a nightmare for a league.
3: And that's why I say you have to let it play out a little bit and go with the suspend them indefinitely right now. And then react to it because like you said, they could be. Just all charges dropped. Maybe the witness is incredible. Will the witness actually go through and testify? Don't know. There's so many things that know. could play out with this. So yeah, you don't know. And it brings up the Corey Perry thing, which was with the Blackhawks who had their troubles. And then he did something that we don't really know about, but
0: it can't th- have been, it can't have been so serious. It was something, Mm -hmm. but he's back playing in the NHL. So it can't have been.
3: Not at this level. Not not at the kind. So it was kind of. We don't
0: know exactly.
3: But, but using what they did and apply it to this, they kind of suspended him, got rid of him, said, you go and deal with this and then we'll react after it's dealt with.
0: I wonder if the NHL, again, we don't know yet that anybody who's going to be charged for sure is an NHL player, but let's just for the sake of consideration, let's say somebody is, or more than Mm -hmm. one is, does the NHL say you are suspended pending the result of the court case? You can't play. The challenge with that, the difficulty with that is what if it turns out that you are exonerated, then you've missed out on a year, maybe two years of your career. What do you do? It's like, these are, these are, leagues are not designed for situations like this. You would just hope that
3: these Everyone's things would a good never, citizen, that, every, right? that this would never arise. Yeah. Everyone is up for citizen of the year Yeah, and and that's how we want it to be. And then the odd guy does something on the ice and is a bully or something like that. And
0: every but. league has had this, every league has had this and some leagues have done it well and some leagues, I mean the NHL, the one that always comes to mind and I'm drawing a blank on his name, somebody listening may remember, the LA Kings had a situation three or four, maybe more years ago now, where a guy was accused of domestic abuse and the NHL said, we can't have you, the Kings or the NHL, I think it was the Kings said, we can't have you around our team, be gone. We're going to pay you because as of right now, you have not been proven guilty. We still have the presumption of innocence Innocence, in this country. We're going to pay your salary but don't come by the team. We don't want you on the ice. It's it's not good for our brand, all the rest of the stuff. We And I think that was as good a solution in an impossible situation as you can come up with.
3: And that's, you brought up a point about the pay factor too, is being very important in this and the, innocent until proven guilty part. So I would think that that's something that they probably should do so the guy can live still. Okay. Right?
0: Now like, one more thing, we only have a minute left here. NHL has a salary cap. Now we're getting, we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're, moving away from the, the serious part of this and I don't want to pretend that salary right. cap stuff is more Overrides it, than yes. the yeah. criminal stuff. That's not, but from a sporting perspective, If a guy is not injured on long-term injury, if he is on long-term suspension, should his salary still count against the team's salary cap if he can't play because of this?
3: Yeah. And in that case, I would say… Now you're
0: really penalizing the team in addition to the
3: player. Yeah. So I would say in these not everyday scenarios, I treat it like an injured reserve. And say, no, the team can go out and replace them because yeah, such then you're a- we act- at least employing somebody else too. Like somebody gets a job out of it.
0: Uh, this, you know, this is one of those things <sighs> that I, as I say, leagues, I don't believe that any league has figured it out. I don't believe leagues are designed for this kind of thing, mm-hmm. which is good because right. you don't want to be designed for right. no, if this is this, if it is so commonplace that you know what to do in this case, you got a problem with your league.
3: Well, and the other thing is it happened before they got into the league too, in most cases, right? They might've been drafted, but not played yet. Maybe some of them were lent back. Well, again, we don't 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 know know who they are. But those are different scenarios that could be in play.
0: I would be shocked if there have not been long involved meetings with the league saying what are, assuming it's, it is somebody who's playing it what do we do,
3: and you know the what I said earlier about the witness themselves testifying it's been a long time, so you know it's serious and going forward, it's not going to be swept under the rug
0: well, and the fact that they would actually go ahead and charge mm-hmm. and there's a press conference in London on the fifth of February. We're told you have to believe that the witness is going to testify or they have some kind of other evidence because otherwise why would you go to all this trouble? If you, you don't, think that this whole thing could just fall exactly. right apart, you it's really serious. It's really yeah. serious. And I do not know, I, this is, uh, we often make fun of the leagues for their PR stuff or their messaging. This is one time when I don't know who works for the leagues. I don't know how you figured this out yeah. and whatever money you're making, if you can come up with a solution that is. Just and not offensive. You've earned your money. I don't know what that yeah, is. I have no I idea either. what that would be. Uh, Steve Foxcroft, thanks for pinch hitting. Yeah. Today. Great job. Really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Always fun. Well, since you know, since you don't have to cover the bills this week, you're <laughs> I uh, have
3: the time. You had the time. We're glad you <laughs> I didn't could have come to in. fall out to be here. The Scott Radley Show weekday evenings from six to eight on nine hundred CHML.